Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We are in the middle of our sermon series, The Power of One. And today, Pastor CJ's message is on serving. When God wants to bring Christ into the world, He looks for servants. We are made in His image and are designed to be His hands and feet. Are you ready to serve someone today who needs a helping hand? We hope you enjoy this message. Great to be in your living rooms today. Some of you are probably in your pajamas, and we hope that's happening right now. Um, I remember the sitcom. It ran for 41 years, and maybe you remember it. I did like it, and I liked it because sometimes they didn't say my name, but do you remember the uh, sitcom, The Romper Room, The Romper Room Magic Mirror? And what they would do is they would always say, I see Tori, I see my wife, or I see this. But today, I'm calling out those that I see. I see Molly, I see Kari, I see Michael, I see Pat, I see Deb Christian. I see you today. This is the Romper Room Magic Mirror. Wait Welcome a today. I see Hunter and I see Yanni. I see all you kids too. You're doing great kids. It is so awesome to be with you today. You know, the Bible says, Paul says, he said, even though I'm not present with you in body, I'm with you in spirit. And I want you to know that Cheryl and I and the staff have been praying for you each and every day. We want you to know how much we love you, we care about you, that we're here for you. Even though we're not maybe contacting each other in, in physical sense, we're in contact in the spirit. And I want to encourage you to continue to be connected with one another, continue to pray for one another, continue to reach out to those that are in need. It's great to hear t- today to be, that we can be with you. And Cheryl and I want you to know how much we truly, truly miss you. We love you. I thank God for our staff. I thank God for our board. They have been working tireless hours. And I want to say thank you to all of them and truly how much we lift, miss you. So Pastor Cheryl, why don't you let them know how much you miss them? Well, I'm thinking right now, Pastor, what do we normally do when we come back from vacation? We count Stretch to three. your arms out. Everybody get your arms ready. We might not be there right now, but let's count to three. Stretch your arms out wide. And now hug. We're giving you a hug. Here's an air hug. So grab your air hug from us. We love you we all. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Hey, thank you for being here once again. And once again, this is a new church. I don't know about you, but I remember several years ago when I was in Oklahoma City, we would do tapings like this. So Pastor Andrew said, Pastor, do you get nervous when I do these type of things? Absolutely not. I'm kind of equipped for it. I did it for three years. I would stand in front of a mic and I stand in front of a camera for three years and we would do tapings like this without people in the room. And a lot of times I would just look at a bare wall and just do all the recordings. But today I get to look at you and and I get to look at a little green light to know where the camera's at. So hi, all of you today. Amen? So praise the Lord. You know, I, I was just kind of just reminiscing about today and the message today and about how God prepared me over two months ago how to preach these messages and what kind of messages to preach. I didn't know that we were going to be in this crisis situation that we are in right now. But God gave me these messages over two months ago. And uh, now it kind of makes all sense about why God gave them to me. And, you know, first of all, we talked about the power of one, the power of one to be able to forgive each other, to be able to accept one another, to love one another, to uh, let go of any bitterness or grudges that we may have towards one another. And then the next week, like we talked about last week in Tesoras and how fun that was meeting together in Tesoras, we talked about praying for one another. If there's a time that we need to be 
right now it's time to pray. This is a great time to be praying for one another. You know, prayer changes things. And if we talked about last week, prayer is a lifeline to God and our power source for man. And so we need prayer. Prayer is what changes things. And I want to encourage you to pray like never before. Also, when a church comes together in one at prayer, there is no limit to what God can do. And so I want to encourage you, let's pray together, let's band together as one accord, where two or three agree, it shall be done. Let's pray for one another who are in need. Matter of fact, today, we want to lift up DNAC, who's not doing good today. I got word today, even as I was driving in today, that DNAC, uh, pneumonia is getting worse. She's having a hard time breathing, and because of that, her heart problem's getting worse. We need to lift that up, DNAC. We also need to lift up Jeff Jorgensen, we need to continue to lift him up in prayer because the place that he's staying at, the Hope House, no one can come in or go out, and so he can't have any visitors, and his kids can't come and see him, his grandkids can't come and see him, and we just need to lift up Val and Jeff and encourage them and support them in prayer, but maybe there's other needs, and so we need to pray, and this is an opportunity that we can do that, but also when you pray, it takes things out of your control, and right now, we seem to want to control everything that's happening right now, and I've found out that when I try to control everything, I make a mess out of things. But when I let it go and give it into God's hands, God can take my mess and give me a message and turn things around. He can turn my stumbling blocks into stepping stones. He can turn my scars into stars. And so I want to encourage you today, let's take time to pray. Seek his face while he may be found. Call on his name while he is near. But today, I thought, what a coincidence today to talk about the power of one to serve. Right now, we need to serve one another. We need to help one another in a time of need. I was excited about a testimony that came from Janet Marsh. Janet Marsh had all these eggs that she needed to sell, and I think it was like 40, 50 dozen of eggs that she needed to sell. And She put on Facebook that she needed to sell these eggs and how much she was selling them for, and they're organic eggs and so on. But many of you drove out to her house and were able to buy some of her eggs, and because of that, you are able to help a brother and a sister in need. So thank you for your contribution of helping Janet and Everett Marsh. We truly love that family. But that's what the church is all about, serving one another in different areas. And by you going out and buying her eggs was able to help serve her and help them in their time of need. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, and I love what Paul is saying here. He says these words in Galatians 5, verse 13. He says these words, if I can see it. He says this. He says, he says when you, brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another in humility, in love. And so what Paul is saying, he said that we are called to serve one another. Serve means that, God, I'm going to sacrifice my will for the will of others or for the sake of others. You know, the Bible says that the thing about joy, what brings the greatest joy? And if you have these on your notes, and by the way, our notes are online, and you can get the notes if you need them. But what brings the greatest joy? What brings the greatest joy, number one, is Jesus first. As you see on the screen, Jesus first. 
others second, yourself third. And if you put those acronyms together, it spells joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. How do we get our joy? We get it from Jesus first by serving and helping others and then ourselves third. And I want to encourage you, if maybe you're walking in discouragement and maybe feeling depressed or maybe uh, stressed out because of the situation that's going on around us, I want to encourage you to seek out others who are in need. I remember when I was going through a real tragic time in my own life, my own personal life, Cheryl and I were really uh, in college at the time. We were really down on our luck. And man, we needed really help and we really needed God to really intervene. And I, man, I was kind of feeling discouraged. So what God put on my heart was go out and find someone else that maybe is such a, another need. And so I went out on the streets there on Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis and I ran into people who had greater needs than I did. And so because I found out their needs over my needs, it made me feel better that, hey, my needs and half is what their needs are. And it made me have joy to thinking, man, God, I thought I had it so bad. But after hearing these stories, God, I don't have it bad after all. So I want to encourage you, look for opportunities to serve others. Our greatest joy comes by loving Jesus and serving others. And so I want to encourage you, loving Jesus and serving others. I love this. In, in a society that seeks to be served, in a society that seeks to be served, we as a church seek opportunities to serve. We as a church should seek opportunities to be served, to serve others. And so I want to encourage you, what is an opportunity of how you can serve others, how you can reach out to others? And so another thing is God, uh, when God wants to bring uh, Christ into the world, when God wants to bring Christ into the world, he looks for servants. Who are the servants? It's you and I. How can people know that we are different? They know that we are different by the fruit that we bear and the willingness to help and to serve others who are in time of need. I love this. No diploma required, no bloodline specific, no bank accounts are not a factor. Place of birth doesn't matter. Let all unassuming people of the world be reminded God can use you. God can use you today. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 and 28. Look at what he says. He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. So in other words, Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, the first step to becoming great in the kingdom of God is becoming a servant. Because after all, he goes on to say this, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Now watch Jesus leaving us the example. Jesus would never ask you to do something that he himself wouldn't do first. He laid the way. He paved the way. He showed us the example. He showed us the steps in which we should walk. So look at what he says. He says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus paved the way to show us that the first thing and first and foremost thing in our lives is to serve. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant for him. Some time ago, a couple of weeks ago, 
I had the opportunity to go to my granddaughter's uh, basketball game. She was in the AAU championship. It was so cool. And as we were there at the championship game, she, man, was making baskets that were unbelievable. And she's only in fourth grade, and she was making these incredible baskets. And I mean to tell you, as grandpa, I was so proud that when she would make a basket, I would yell out, that's my granddaughter. And I would get all excited about watching her get this basket, and the, the fans were going crazy and so on. But that's what Jesus does when we start to serve others. He looks down from heaven and he sees the things that we are doing for the sake of other people. Jesus first, others second. When we have the opportunity to serve, Jesus gets excited. But my granddaughter went on the next day, at that Sunday afternoon, and got to play in the championship game. They played the number one team, and my granddaughter's team was number two, rated in the state. And what happened, they went into this game, and they won the game by one point. They beat the number one team in the state, and they won the game by one point. But when they won the game, my son said that all the parents went crazy, the grandparents went crazy, they were cheering, they ran out on the court, man, lifting up the little girls, man, cheering them on, man, so excited. Those little girls got medals, man. I mean, to tell you, they looked like they were in the Olympics. And then they got a trophy that must have been four feet high. I'm not exaggerating. A trophy that these little girls got with all their things that they won the state championship for the AAU team of fourth graders. And I mean to tell you, it was exciting to see that. And man, you know what? Some time ago when I was playing college ball, I received all these trophies, all these accolades, and all these things that I was so proud of during the course of my years of playing sports. But after a while, as I got mature and as I got older, I took those trophies that I worked so hard for to get, I took those trophies and I boxed them up and put them in a box and put them behind the baptismal tank there in Grand Junction, Colorado. And when I moved from Grand Junction, Colorado, out of sight, out of mind, I forgot them. And I forgot all those trophies, all my accolades, all my medals, all the things that I've accomplished through the years of playing basketball. And what I learned is those are only temporary things that we gain. But the greatest thing that you gain with God is this. He says in Matthew chapter 6, I love what he says. In Matthew 6, he says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and victims destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. So he's saying, do not store up for yourself treasures here on earth. Those trophies were treasures here on earth. Man, they were out of sight, out of mind. At that moment when I received them, they were great accomplishments and achievements. It brought satisfaction and joy to me and excitement to me. But look what he goes on to say. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and victims do not destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. So what is he saying? Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You see, those things that I received and my granddaughter, and I was excited that she won the trophy and all these things, but those are temporary rewards. But how you receive rewards from heaven is by doing kingdom work here on earth. Doing kingdom work here on earth means that, God, I want to store up treasures in heaven. And how do 
do I do that? By being a servant. You see, serving others for the Lord's sake stores up treasures in heaven and makes the angels rejoice. That's what's happened. Every time you do an act of kindness, every time you serve someone, every time you reach out to someone, God sees it. And not only he sees it, but he stores up your rewards in heaven where moth and thieves don't break in and steal, but they're going to be placed on your crown one day when you get to heaven. And all the time, God is going to remind you of your faithfulness, your commitment to serve one another. What kind of uh, treasures are you storing up right now? Are you storing up material treasures or are you storing up heavenly treasures? And God desires for us to store up heavenly treasures. You see, listen, serving others has a lasting impression and an impact that money can't buy. You see, it has a lasting impression. People always remember, they don't care how much you know, they want to know how much you care. You see, people always look, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to reach out and and help me in my time of need? That's what people are looking for, even right now in this time of crisis. We need to serve one another and be attentive to the needs that are going on around us. Listen, our mission as a church should be looking for opportunities to serve. That's our mission as a church, that God give me eyes to see those opportunities to serve others. You see, it's not about us. It's about him. And when he moves in you, we become like Christ. And when we become like Christ, we become a servant like Christ was. So he says, to assist and to help others in time of need. You know, all through the Bible, if you look in the Gospels, you look in Matthews and all these things, the epistles, you see, number one, James calls himself a servant of God. Peter calls himself a servant of Christ Jesus. Paul calls himself a servant of God. All through the epistles and the gospels, they have titles that Paul was a servant, Peter was a servant, James was a servant. What about you? Some time ago, when I was pastoring at one of my churches, I had an individual on our staff that she was so concerned about her title. And when I hired her, I just hired her as a a lay person in our church, but she couldn't be satisfied with just being a lay person of our church. She had to have a title. And so I put her in the place of being an associate, that she was my associate. She worked over over our small groups. She did all these things, and she did a lot of other opportunities for Cheryl and I. And I gave her the title as an associate. And when I gave her the title as associate, all of a sudden, something went wrong in her head. I mean to tell you, she just felt proud. She felt like, man, I have authority. But it was that title. And once I gave her a title, she totally changed. And I mean, it went to her head. And so many times we are so concerned about titles. But one of the titles, if you have your notes, it says this. If you had a title for God, what would that be? What would your title be? I know that our title for God should be, first and foremost, God, I want to be a servant for you. I want to be your hands and feet. Let my title be that, God, I am a servant. If you want to be great for the kingdom of God, you must be a servant first. That's what it's all about. It's not about titles. It's all about who Christ wants you to be. You see, some time ago when I was going to Bible school, I worked at Augustana Nursing Home. 
And I mean, I was going there every day to try to apply for a job. Every day I would go see Wes Johnson. Hey, you got a job yet? No. You got a job yet? No. And I did this for three weeks straight, every day, Monday through Friday. And man, Wes had this big bay window that looked out on the street, and he could see me when I was coming, and I could see him. And he would shake his head when I was coming that, no, I don't have a job for you. But I still would go into his office. Hey, Wes, you have anything for me? For three weeks I did this. Finally, after three weeks, I walked up into his office, and I said, Wes, do you have a job for me yet? He said, yes, Pastor CJ, I do. He said, but it's the lowest job on the totem pole. And I said, so what? I don't care. I'll take it. I need a job. So guess what I did? I became a servant, and I took this job in the kitchen there at Augustana Nursing Home. And I was a pots and pan washer. And I mean to tell you, they're not like your kitchen pots and pans where you just can, man, take your hand and, and scrub out the pots and pans. You had to put your whole body down in that pan because it made, man, it was huge. And I mean to tell you, I would have to scrub these pots and pans. And before I would know it, I would put my head way down there to get it clean. I had macaroni all over my head because I was, man, getting down in there and trying to clean that place out. But you know, one of the things that I've learned that I was being joyful in doing what I was doing. Man, it wasn't the most glamorous job. Man, people would laugh at me, man, because I would get all dirty and all grimy, and when I get home, I'd have to take a shower right away. I smelt like dirty food and all this kind of stuff. But you know what I did? When, man, when I had a break, I would turn those pots and pans over, and I'd take out these wooden spoons, and I'd start playing it like a drum. And I would have fun, and I made the most of that opportunity when I had to serve in that area. And you know what happened? People began to recognize me that I was happy in what I was doing. And so before you know it, I was promoted. I was promoted from pots and pans to serving on the line, from serving on the line, working out in the dining room with all the clients and with all the, all the patients there at Augustana, till eventually I was promoted to a point that I was the night cook there at Augustana. But my point is I learned to serve right where I was at. And the joy comes by learning to grow and to bloom where you're planted, right where you're at right now. Make the most of that opportunity. You can never expect to be promoted if you can't serve and make the most of that opportunity right where you're at. And because I did, God elevated me. I love this. Serving is a great training ground that leads to greater success. Serving is a great training ground that leads to greater success. I remember when I first became a youth pastor. Man, I was a youth pastor. I was doing all the odds and ends and everything else, man. And I had to learn that, God, I'm doing it unto you and not unto man. And it elevated me to where I am today. You see, serving prepares you to greater and bigger things. If God can't see that you're faithful with the little things right now and you're unwilling to serve right now, don't expect to go up the ladder of success if you're unwilling to serve right where you're at. I love this. In 1 John 2, verse 6, he says these words, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We already seen what Jesus lived like. He lived first and foremost to serve, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And I want to encourage you, let's walk out the footsteps of Jesus. You see, Jesus not only told us to serve, he himself lived 
to serve. That's what Jesus did. I love what it says in 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Watch this. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks with the very words of God. Don't you know that the Bible says you are a temple of God and God's spirit lives in you? And if God's spirit lives in you, guess what? Whatever the overflow of the heart has, it's going to speak. So if God is in you, guess what's going to come out of you? His words, his actions, his feet, his, his motions that you're going to begin to fulfill what he's calling you to do. Then he goes on to say, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So in other words, what is he saying? To keep a good attitude while serving, remember you're not working unto man, but unto God. That God, I'm not working under man. I'm not working at under man, even at my job, even at my job right now, and it's hard, and people got laid off, and so I'm doing extra duties, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. God, I'm working unto you, and I'm going to be a servant, God. Wherever I find a need, I'm going to fill it, and I'm going to serve to my best of my ability. That when Paul says, when he laid his head down, his conscience was clear at night, the Bible says, because he did all he could for the glory of God. Let us lay our heads down at night with a clear conscience, knowing that I did all that I can for the glory of God. I served hard. I worked hard. I was an example of Christ. My feet were walking out where God was calling me to walk out. And I want to encourage you to do so. In James, I thought this was quite interesting. In James chapter 1, it says these in verse 22. He says, do not merely listen to the word. You see, we can be hearers of the word, but the Bible also says we got to be doers of the word. We got to walk it out. You see, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. But once you hear the word, the Bible also says faith without works is dead. So you have to walk out those things of what you hear. You have to apply it to your life. So he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. He goes on to say, do what it says. So what is it saying? That we need to be a servant. But he also goes on. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. And look what he says. And look at this. This is so cool how Paul pins these words. And looks in a mirror and what? And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You see, that's what a lot of times we do. You see, we can let it go through one ear and out the other. You can hear me today through live stream, and you can hear me in, in your pajamas right now. But see, God doesn't want us just to be hearers of the word. He wants to be doers of the word. He wants us to apply that which he's asking us to do. Don't be that man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. You see, the Bible says, man, you are the representation of Christ. How can people know that you are a believer or a Christian or, or Christ-like? By walking out the word of God. You are the example of Christ. And I want to encourage you to walk it out. Then he goes on to say, look at this, but whoever looks intensely into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, but doing it. Now watch this. I love this part. They will be blessed 
in what they do. So what Jesus said, if you walk out the word and you apply it to your life, you be my hands and my feet extended, you be a servant, you be an example, you be a witness of Christ by serving and helping others, guess what he says? You will be blessed. Just like I said, you may not receive material things here on earth, but your reward is going to be great in heaven where thieves and moth can't break in and steal. That's what it's all about, that God desires to give you honor and praise and glory by walking out what he's calling you to do. I love this. Let's be the church that not only hears, reads, and studies the word of God, but let's be doers of the word of God. Let's be that church. Let me, as your pastor, be proud of you today. Let me be proud of you that you're being doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. You're acting it out. You're playing your part. You're doing what God is calling all of us to do. Ask yourself, are you doing all the taking? Are you doing all the taking and allowing people to always serve you, to always do something for you? You see, listen, that's doing, that's, are you doing all the taking and not doing any serving? You see, are you doing all the taking and not doing all the serving? You see, if you are always waiting for people to serve you, you're going to, man, get let down. But you have to get in the game and do your part. You have to do your part. What you sow is what you're going to reap. If you sow a willing attitude to serve, guess what's going to come back to you? People are going to willing to serve you. They're going to willing to help you. But you have to do your part also. You see, serving requires action. It requires action. Listen, taking requires nothing. Man, all you do, if you're always just taking, it requires nothing. You just sit back and, man, just enjoy all the blessings and all those things that come your way. But serving plants seeds for you to also reap back to you. I love this. How can I serve, Pastor? How can I serve? How can you serve? How can we as a church serve? Number one, if you have your notes, be willing to look to help shut-ins. Man, be willing to help or serve shut-ins. I want to encourage you. We have the DNACs. We have uh, maybe elderly people that are maybe shut-in that can't drive right now. I want to encourage you, look for opportunities. My model is find the need and fill it. What kind of needs are around you that you know that you can fill, that you can be Jesus' hands and feet extended? I love this. Help someone with spring cleanup. Man, man, if you notice today, we drove into church today, and I almost hit a Jeep because they cut me off, and I almost hit them, hit the brakes, and I realized it snowed, and my truck started swaying back and forth, and man, all the way in on A, he went 35 miles an hour. I thought it was going to be late for this shooting today. Pastor Andrew called me, are you coming? I said, yeah, I'm coming, but I got a slow Jeep, and I thought it was humorous because Pastor Andrew calls me, he has a Jeep, and what's in front of me, a Jeep holding me up from being here. And you know what? Look for spring cleanup. I thought today, I thought how humorous it is that I was going to talk about looking for spring cleanup, and here we have snow. Check that out, right? Yeah, I thought, wow, that's crazy. Number three, be willing to take someone grocery shopping. Hey, 
Man, I don't know about you, but if you've been to all the stores, man, I've been watching on Facebook people taking pictures of all the empty shelves at Walmart and Target and even our Wayne's grocery store here. Man, hey, take someone grocery shopping. Tag team, man. Invite someone to go with you. I know that Jeff Lowe and Michael Tuxalo went to Sam's Club in Eau Claire. And not only did they go to Sam's Club in Eau Claire, but when they got to Eau Claire, the gas was so cheap, they got even gas there in Eau Claire. But they tagged team and they went together they helped each other out they saved money by going together and they even saved money by buying gas and so I want to encourage you take someone grocery shopping another one is help someone with a project they might have a project that they might have maybe we need some people that man can help cut wood I know that once again Janet and Everett they need people to help them chop wood and cut wood for their for their business maybe you know someone that has a project maybe working on a car that you can be a mechanic and help them on their car or whatever but let's be a servant let's do something for the glory of God look for opportunities to serve where others are not fill in the blank if you see an opportunity that man others are maybe not serving fill in that blank I was so proud of Mindy Mindy Clark, uh, the other day we were talking to her on the phone and her place of employment had to lay her off because of the circumstances that are going on. And I was so proud of Mindy because Mindy said, listen, there's a need that I need to fill right now. I'm going to go in and I'm going to work for these individuals regardless if I'm getting paid or not. And I was so proud to hear that Mindy would do that, that she would go in and work for these people for free even though she wasn't getting paid. And I thought, man, that is big. That's finding a need and filling it when there's others are not doing it. We need to rally to each other. We need to help each other. We need to encourage each other. And so I want to encourage you, let's be the servant. You see, listen, let's be the church of one. Let's be the church of one. Forgive one another, pray for one another, and serve one another. That's the power of of one. I want to encourage you right now. I want to encourage you to extend your hands toward your TV right now or to your radio, to your, excuse me, to your computer. I remember when I was younger and I was so sick and there was this TV evangelist that came on television. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, it was Jimmy Swagger. And I remember Jimmy Swagger doing this, what I'm getting ready to do with you. I was so sick and Jimmy Swagger stuck out his hand and he said, if there's anyone that needs a healing in their body, reach towards the TV. And if you today need prayer, whether it's financial, physical, spiritual, emotional, I want you to encourage you right now to send forth your hand towards your laptop or whatever you're watching this by right now. And let Cheryl and I agree with you. The Bible says where two or three agree, it shall be done. There's power in agreement. And if you're with your families right now, let us pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Adventure Church and all the listeners right now. I thank you that, God, you never leave us nor forsake us, that you are always there. You're an on-time God. You're never too late. You're never too early, but you're always on time. And I pray right now as people are stretching forth their hand, believing for their miracle, that, God, right now you would touch them. Just like that day, Lord, that I reached my hand out in faith when Jimmy Swaggart prayed for the sick, I was healed. I pray, God, right now in Jesus' name that you will touch, that you will 
provide, that you will heal, that you will guide. Let right now, Father, take away any fear, any worry, any panic that people may be going through right now. I pray a blessing. I speak that over every household right now. I speak Deuteronomy 28, that you will bless them and they're going in and they're going out. That, God, that they will be assured that, God, you have everything under control. That their vats will be full. That their storehouse will be full. Because, God, you will never let the righteous be forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. So, Father, today, bring hope, Lord God. Bring peace, Lord God. Bring strength and encouragement to those that are listening. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the power of one, that, God, we are learning to forgive and love and accept one another. We're going to pray for one another, and we're going to serve and assist each other in time of need. God bless you today. Thank you in Jesus' name. We love you, Adventure Church, and we thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.